out. Get ready for the nerd out. Better put specs on. Better break necks on. I caught handsome checks for my expansion sets. They call me What's going on, comic fam? It's your boy, the Bearded Comic Bro, and I am joined by comic creator Christian Moran. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, so uh, got into, want to just talk a little bit about comics. So I was doing, I was watching a video actually uh, of some people previewing comics, and one of the books that they previewed a couple weeks ago was Osiris Path. And I was like, I've got to read that. It sounded right up my alley. So we're going to talk about the book a little bit um, and just kind of how you got into it. But I want to know first, how did you get into comic creating? Well, uh, one of my friends, uh, Corey Kalman, had uh, become friends with uh, who's a guy who's now my friend too, Brockton McKenney, who had been working in comics for a while. He worked a lot with Action Lab. He wrote a book called M Theory and uh, actually ended up writing for Mad Magazine for a while and everything and they uh they did a, a book together called americarati which is uh um kind of a, an 80s uh action comedy thing and uh it's very funny very cool you should check it out if uh if you're interested i in actually it. i doing a little bit of research i saw that your name was mentioned with that a little bit so i was like i gotta check this out it was on comiXology so if you guys yeah. are watching this and it sounds up your alley check it out for sure <laughs> it's, it's hilarious yes. and um i i they asked me to help with uh, issue four so if you think issue four if you if you read that and you think issue four is the best and it, if you think issue four is the worst again you know it's it's uh it's me <laughs> one <or> the other. <laughs> so that's cool so yeah. um so you got connected with them i know you do right. comics you do uh, filmmaking. If you follow you on Instagram, you do baking. So you do a little bit of just everything. Um, yeah. I wrote a couple books. Also, I wrote. Yeah. Uh, I've written two histories on the Walt Disney Company, and uh, I did a uh, wrote a science fiction novel called Echo: The Augment. So, I'm, so how, how did you get into how did you get into doing the history of Disney? Then, like, what drew you into that? Um, well, you know, you followed me on Instagram a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, fancy myself futurist and and the the work that i do with my foundation is definitely uh with my family's foundation is very technologically futurist oriented and uh was always interested in in walt disney the man and uh then i ended up discovering that the last project he was working on in his life before he died uh was the epcot project and uh not epcot as a theme park, as we're aware of, and that actually stands for Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. So the whole reason Walt Disney bought the land in Florida to build Disney World wasn't to build a bunch of theme parks and hotels. He actually wanted to build a, a futuristic city there that would have zero unemployment, uh, zero homelessness, all connected by electrically powered mass transit, all that type of stuff. And when I saw that, I was like, wow. And he wanted to do this in the late sixties, you know, and we, yeah. we still don't have anything on that level today. So when I discovered that I kind of wanted to create something about him as a futurist and all the different technologies that he created and, and implemented, uh, and for everything from robotics to monorail transportation and everything he did in animation. So I did a, uh, both a book and a documentary. They're both called Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, you can find the film on YouTube. You can find the book on 
Amazon if you're interested awesome. in something. Yeah, and I'll make sure I put uh, if any of this stuff, because like we said, we're talking a lot of what you got going on. Um, so if people are watching and they something clicks with them, I'll make sure I have the links below. So if you guys are watching, you can click on right there um, in the description. So now that's cool to hear that kind of that transition of future, because we talked a little bit. We talked about, you know, Disney uh, briefly there uh, before on uh, before we got on air. We talked about we're both repping Ohio State. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that you went to Ohio State for a little bit before you moved out uh, out west. That's right. And you said you studied. What did you study in at Ohio State? My major at Ohio State was archaeology before I moved out west and went to film school. So I, uh, my first documentary I made kind of combined the two. It's about a substance called ayahuasca, which some of you may have heard of. It's a, uh, it's a tea that's a... Uh, a massive hallucinogen, but the indigenous people that have created it for thousands of years have used it as a medicine. So I uh, did a documentary about that. But yeah, when I was at Ohio State, I was majoring in archaeology. It's always been a passion of mine. I was fortunate to go to, you know, spend some time in Peru and in Egypt and a number of places where there's a lot of really cool, uh, you know, ancient history and got to experience those kind of things. So that's, that's cool. And like, as I'm talking to you, I'm seeing more and more of how we started to get to the creation of one of the comic books where I discovered you of Osiris Path, right? Like we're seeing a lot of things that filter in. So, um, like I said, I picked that up. I was excited about getting into read that. I'd never heard of Bohemoth comics before, you know? Um, so let's talk then your comic book, Osiris Path. Tell if people haven't gotten to hear about it, haven't read it yet, Describe it. it. Yeah, the, elevator, the elevator pitch is that it's uh, Indiana Jones in space, right? And people have been saying it's uh, Indiana Jones meets 2001: A Space Odyssey. Mm -hmm. So I'm uh, in the in the science fiction that I've written. I'm interested in kind of hard science fiction in, in the sense that you know uh, realistic science fiction. So uh, what I wanted to do with this was something that was uh, really out there but also done as realistic as possible so like if this was a real thing what would it be like so the idea is that it takes place in the early 1980s and there's an archaeologist who was contacted by the defense department and he's basically brought into this secret space program and he's launched up into you know on a on an abandoned saturn saturn 5 rocket and sent up into space and is basically shown that there is that there are all these artifacts and massive structures built throughout our solar system on the moon and Mars and everything and so the Defense Department has brought him up as an archaeologist to try and figure out what these structures are who put them there what they're trying to communicate while simultaneously uh, trying to to learn these things while a, a secondary kind of black magic cult is is trying to to destroy these things so that they can't figure it out so there's a lot going on but it's a and there's you know ceremonial magic and ancient history and space technology and all kinds of crazy stuff that shouldn't be going on together but that are happening in this story so if see if you weren't sold off the first pitch there of indiana jones in space um, <laughs> That's a really good, um, I think that's a really good description of what's going on without giving any spoilers. Um, 
So I've read the first two issues. Um, okay. I see you picked yeah. up issue two. I appreciate that. I got issue two today. Um, so I was able to dig into that and read that before I opt on here. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard issue one is going to a second printing. Is that correct? That's what we've been told. That's correct. So that was pretty cool to, to find awesome. out. Yeah. So, it's, you know, so that's cool. That's got to be cool as a creator like that you're like, oh, people like their stuff so much that we got to put more of it out. Exactly. Especially, you know, Behemoth is, uh, has only put out a few things so far, but they're doing an amazing job with, with the stories that, that, that they're choosing to put out and the, the artists and the teams that they're working with. And uh, so we're just thankful to be a part of that, that growing company and, and to have uh, one of their first projects that's really uh, getting out there and people are interested in is, is pretty cool to be a part of. That's cool. So um, how did you guys get connected with Bohemoth then? Bohemoth? Well, it was, um, it was interesting because when we, we finished uh, uh, three issues of Osiris Path, and started shopping it around. Actually, when we finished issue one, we signed, uh, we actually signed a deal with Amigo Comics, who were based out of Spain, but they released in the United States. Okay. And oddly enough, um, due to some timing issues, our contract with Amigo lapsed. So we went shopping around and we ended up with Behemoth and found out that Behemoth had ended up buying Amigo. So. <laughs> Regardless, we would have ended up with them anyway. No so, but it, it was a funny path that ended up yeah. all roads led back to them. So, so you, so you said you guys created three issues. Is it a self-contained story? Are you guys looking to expand off of that? Is that the the idea is that this these first three issues are kind of the first arc? Okay, but I, I see it not going on indefinitely. I see it as four three-issue arcs. So okay. if all goes well, hopefully there would be 12 total issues to tell to tell this particular story from, from front to back. But I think the universe is interesting enough that if, if we were fortunate enough, we could spin all kinds of things out. Right. So you have, so um, you talked about how you kind of got into creating um, some of the writers on it were the same ones that kind of helped bring you into, how was it, how was it, like working with uh you know with the team that now this is basically your i know you kind of said you were one issue but this really your second project it seems like together in the comic world how does that how does that work for you guys as a as a creative team then it's very fun it, you know it's it, it it depends on if you if you have a good team right and yeah. if you and if you guys or guys and gals can work well together so it's um with Corey and brockton it's very fun because whether you know we would we used to do these things in the same room together, but now because of everything going on, we're doing it over Zoom and the phone and stuff. But that that energy is still there. But it's you know, when you respect one another and you respect you respect each other enough for what you're saying, but you also respect each other enough that if someone doesn't like an idea, you can just say, well, no, I think maybe this, and no one's kind of hurt by it. You know, you're just kind of spitballing and and going with things. So luckily, the three of us have that kind of a of a relationship where um, all the ideas being tossed out are, are good. And, and one of the things that's, um, that's good for me working with the two of them is I think they veer more towards comedy. They're both very funny uh, comedy writers and I veer, I tend to veer more towards a serious uh, story, but I can be comedic and they can be serious. So, you know, with Karate, I can get into that zone, you know, that kind of, 
surreal comedy and everything. And they can also get into the more hyper realism that's in Osiris Path. But the benefit for me of having them on this is that um, when those moments of levity or comedy are needed, you know, they know exactly when to toss that in and everything. Right. So, yeah. That's, that's cool. So, cause you like, I feel like it would be hard and I'm not a creator, but like you have three different writers basically coming together to put one story. So like, if you don't mind, how does that kind of process a little bit more? How do you dig into that? Like you, does someone kind of lay out the groundwork and then people spitball ideas or is it kind of from the start? Right. So on like, on Karate, that was created by Corey and Brockton, right? So right. they're the leads on it. I am. I was kind of there to, to help them in whatever way that I could and everything. So they came up with the, the general outlines of the stories okay. and everything. And again, particularly episode four, which I was particularly involved with. Um, you know, so I come. I can come in there and then say it would be cool if this happened or this was said, and we just kind of flesh out the story you know we need them to get from a to b and end up at c how do those things connect and then i can kind of help help with that um it's the same thing while writing osiris path i take the lead on that and i kind of say we need this is what the general's idea is and we're going to get from a to b to c and then the three of us will kind of sit down and bang 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 bang, and you know just figure it out and block it out at that point that's cool so yeah. how, did you, how do you guys then, um, I'm assuming, come about with the artists that you guys choose or decide to work with? Because if you've read both those series, the art style is completely different, obviously, because that's, they think the stories call for that. So how do, you, how do you come about like what artists you are going to bring into the fold and create with? Well, uh, Devin Roth, who did the, the art for Karate, um, he's actually done a lot of work. I think he did... Uh, future worm on tbs and everything he's done a lot of uh very big character art design work for you know your television animation you know adult swim-esque stuff and um cory and i had over the years being out in la had kind of gotten into the uh the pop culture art scene with like uh mondo and mondo tees and everything like that and had gotten to know a lot of those artists like uh, Tom Whalen and, and Ollie Moss and various folks. And uh, through that, I know Corey met, became, you know, uh, involved with Devin and then they decided to, you know, felt that that work would be great. Yeah. For Iris Path with Walt, um, it was a bit different because we decided to, <laughs> with that, when we, when we first had the first issue complete, Obviously, at that point, Brockton was the veteran of the comic book industry. And Brockton said, just Christian, tell me 10 artists in the industry that you think would be, would be cool to, to work with or that you kind of see their style as fitting. So I listed 10 artists, and he looked at them, and he said, well, I know one of these guys personally. Um, and that was Justin Greenwood, um, who, of course, has done Stumptown and a bunch of other things. You know, Stumptown, the television show right now, is based on his, on his comic. And um, so we spoke to Justin and he was of course super slammed with everything, but he said he was being nice and he was like, send it over, you know, I'll, I'll look at it. So he looked at it and we weren't expecting anything, but he said, look, you know, I'm, I'm really busy right now, but I dig the story. Um, I could do covers and I could do breakdowns for this. So Justin Greenwood actually did the breakdowns for the first two issues. 
Okay. And and beyond that, then we had to find someone to flesh that to flesh that out. Right. So that's when we went looking for artists and the the person who we ultimately found is a South African artist named Walt Barna, who if you've seen, you know, obviously you've seen this, but if anyone watching has has seen either issue, his artwork is beautiful and he he does such a great job with colors and and doing that kind of retro futuristic 80s technology and the the character design is beautiful so um he really he really was able to bring to life everything kind of how we saw it in our heads and everything so so with that combination of Justin Greenwood you know doing the breakdowns and then Walt fleshing all that out I think we got something really special yeah it is it's a beautiful the artwork I just said it blends so well like and that's when I was reading that first episode I was so just I was sucked into the comic right away and I was like I need more um <laughs> so it was um yeah I mean, archaeology in space Indiana Jones come on what do you more do you want like, How much more those are, did you need? every single kid in our era you know growing up we wanted to be Indiana Jones exactly. and, uh, and then if you didn't want to be Indiana Jones, you wanted to be in space. So merge those two together. And it's a great. Exactly. What uh, did you think if I, you know, I'm used to doing, to yeah. being the person doing the interview. So can I ask between issue one and issue two, did you, did you dig issue two? Cause it kind of is a, is a departure from what issue one was. It is. And I didn't, I wasn't expecting the departure that I went for. Um, yeah. But I think it really got into the, the other realm that you were talking about a little bit more, um, you know, the magical element that, you, you know, you kind of said there. Um, but I think you see a little bit of the, you still see some of the archaeologists, the characters, you know, you're seeing them grow just in those two short issues a little bit, but it's, it's still his personality as he's growing. Um, and it, and it gets a lot of, I feel like Indiana Jones kind of like, I'm going to still do what I think I want to do here, even though like, no, don't do this. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. Like, um, so I thought it was a really cool, um, a really cool blend to see that. Like you said, it kind of, I think the first issue really set up the story. Well, of kind of where you're going. Um, and then, I mean, you go from the moon to Mars, you're like, okay, here we go. Um, and I thought like introducing what you did with the archeology span and stuff features on that first, it was able to make that jump into that realm a little bit more um, easier transition in that second issue because you had that basis and then you could kind of explore that a little bit more than you were able to in the first issue, which I thought was a really fun ride for that. So. Thank you, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm like, okay, now I wanna know where this is going and where it's gonna take us. I think you also get to start to see, you're starting to see the relationships between the main, you know, character um, and the female character and the, you know, not, you know, and so I'm just excited to see, you know, how they blend together, everyone that you're, you know, where you're going with the story route. Um, and then I got really excited when you said that there's more story out there that you guys are looking at, because I know when I was looking at Bohemus website, it was like the conclusion on issue three, yeah. I was like, no! I was like, yeah. "Don't tell me it's only three issues." <laughs> right, yeah, no, it, yeah. I can tell you, it's 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 a pseudo conclusion. It's a yeah. you know, it's a Back to the Future Part Two conclusion. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good. So, so you have then, um, so you have this kind of first story arc. Um, is it kind of then like a wait and see before you guys move forward with further stories with this, or are, are you guys already in the process of creating some stuff with this? 
we, we know what the stories are. Okay. It's just a matter of if uh, if Behemoth gives us the green light, you know, okay. we'll go ahead and, and make more. So, right. Yeah. Cool. I mean, we yeah, we definitely know what the story is and so, uh, where it's heading. And everything. Yeah. So you have the you have the vision for the twelve where you want to go. Of say, hey, we want to break it up into like a four movie kind of, exactly. <laughs> um, which is which is cool. I think, and I think you're seeing that a lot more in comics. You're seeing a lot more of they're being written in to some degree with like a movie feel aspect to it. And you're even seeing it with, you know, you've said it, and I caught on to it even today. You know, we've you've said episodes more often than issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're seeing that a lot more because I think it's it's inundating into the culture that people are associating with. Like you go to Netflix, you're like, oh, this is a ten episode series that I can get into, or a exactly. And I mean, that's you know, that really is the you know, you being you know as big a comic book fan as you are, I'm sure we all know the state of the industry right, right now. Most of the money being made in the comic book industry is through those licensing deals. You know, right. trying get it into a television show or a movie or, or whatever it might be so we absolutely you know entered into this with that uh with that goal in mind so yeah and i think it's smart like because you, like you said you you know in the hopes of kind of getting an option then you know you have right. that set up of like okay well let's just create it as episodes and it exactly. speaks a language um I feel like people still will get issues, but it, but like if you're trying to just skip that middleman a little bit, it makes sense to dig into that realm of pop culture. So nice. Um, couple. I don't want to keep you forever. Uh, um, but is there anything else uh, comic related that you're kind of working on, or that you have thoughts of that you'd like to work on coming up? Or are you just right now in the midst of Osiris Path? Well, yeah, we're in the midst of Osiris Path, but luckily it's been doing well enough that um. You know, Behemoth as a growing company, right. again, that's kind of what I said, uh, getting on the ground floor with them has been has been a lot of fun and very cool because as they're growing, you know, they're doing a lot of, um, one of their paths of growth looking at is uh, licensing uh, video games to become comic books. And uh, so we've been having the opportunity, I don't know if I can get into specific uh, right. things, but, but we've had the opportunity to pitch on uh, several uh, very well-known uh, video games, uh, and we're waiting to hear back uh, again. In that, those pitches are myself, Corey, and Brock. Okay. And, so the whole uh, creative team is coming back again to make those. Everything. So um, one one of them again is very. Uh, without giving too much away, it's the '90s. Was a was a very big video game in the '90s with a very macho character that would lend itself to the. Uh, to the the kind of Americarati esque type right. humor, and um, another uh, the other one that we that we're pitching is uh, a, a modern video game that's uh, a bit more somber and uh, kind of espionage focused and stuff. So well, and I appreciate you sharing that, you know, and being able to give a little bit. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. There was, I believe, there was a story that Bohemoth is promoting in here that is uh, in Osiris Path One, the right. second note that is connected to video games and is or is it not i did not it might be i didn't okay. I, I actually have not picked up the second issue yet so okay. but, oh, it was, i was talking in the first issue oh, was it in issue one okay yeah, yeah. it was oh. that it was like the miami hotline um okay yeah i'm not a hundred percent certain okay. on that to be 
honest with you, but it, it very well could be because I know that they're they're going pretty hard licensing, uh, trying to get those video games like. And the cool thing about that is that a lot of the artists that are working with Behemoth are uh, video game design artists from those companies. So so the cool thing will be as those licenses start getting in, oftentimes they will be designed by the people who actually design the games themselves, which would be cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so like you said, you got a lot on the docket, it seems like in the comic realm. Um, you got anything else coming out, you know, maybe not in the comic realm that, you know, you want to talk about a little bit real quick or you want to share a plug as we close up? Right. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. So if you're a college football fan or and specifically an Ohio State football fan, I have a new web series out called Born a Buckeye that um, each episode basically follows a, an event or an incident in uh, the history of Ohio State football. And I, I try to edit it in kind of a pseudo music video-esque fashion with kind of a synth wave, 80s synth music and it's it's very stylized it's not a typical uh sports documentary even if you're not into sports i tried to imbue it with something something else going on so the first episode is about uh, a man named archie griffin who was the only person to ever win two heisman trophies and uh, i was able to speak with mr griffin about the story of how he came to win that second heisman trophy which was very cool and uh, the second episode which will be coming out next week uh, is about uh, the biggest comeback in the history of Ohio State football, which was a 31-point come-from-behind victory in, in 1989. I was able to speak to Greg Fry, the quarterback who, who did that, and John Cooper, who was the head coach at the time. So there's, there's, this will be an ongoing series, and there's a lot of it. And on top of that, I actually am finishing up a, uh, a micro-documentary on, if you're in anyone into David Bowie, um, his, his kind of soul period from 1974 to 1976, uh, which is a very interesting period in his, uh, in his career. That's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, you, like I said, from the get-go, you have so many things going <laughs> on right now. So I am grateful that you took some time uh, to just talk comments. I'm grateful for you having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so where can people, obviously I'll have your stuff in the YouTube link here, but where can people find you, uh, follow along, just see what you're doing? What's the best place for sure. them? To connect? Uh, probably the two best places would be, I have a website, christianmoran.com and, but that's in the midst of a, of a refab. Okay. So that's not going to be tip top really until, uh, a few months from now, but uh, I'm on Instagram, christian.m.moran, uh, and I'm on there every day. And then my YouTube channel is CM Films, and you'll know it by the, the backwards CM logo. That's me. And on, on the CM Films channel, you'll find my uh, documentaries about ayahuasca, documentaries about futurism, about Walt Disney, Born a Buckeye, uh, the stuff that I'm doing with my family's Futurist Foundation, all kinds of stuff. So Awesome. Well, that, again, that's awesome. Um, I'll have links for everyone in there um, that's watching to, to go to it. Um, just want to thank you so much again for the time. Um, and for all you guys that are watching, I hope you can find some time to pick up these books if you can find them because they're selling like hotcakes. Um, so if you've missed a boat on issue one, hopefully you can hop on if they do the second printing. Uh, issue two just dropped um, this week. If you're watching it this week, um, so hop on those, be on the lookout, make sure you guys are following Christian on all the Instagram and 
just so you can know what's going on. And I hope you can find some time to curl up and read a book and nerd out. 